Hey guys, welcome back to Sarah Says, the weekly podcast with me, Sarah, CEO and Chief Scrunchy Enthusiast over at Sackbun Studios, talking about whatever it is that's on my mind. Happy follow all the holidays, everyone. It is time for the next nine weeks. You will find me here every week doing an additional mini podcast recap of whatever Christmas movies are playing that week, whether it is on Hallmark, Lifetime, or Netflix. And by the end of November, it will be all three. You will find all, all of the Christmas reviews here. It's going to be a lot. I want to start off by saying that if you do not have Hallmark Channel or Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, you need to get the Friendly TV app. That is F-R-N-D-L-Y TV app. They're they do not sponsor me, which they did because I love them. Uh, but you can watch all of your Hallmark Christmas movies that way this year. And Lifetime also has an app, but I believe you have to sign into that. But we'll get into Lifetime when that comes around. But most importantly, right now, you need the friendly TV app to watch Hallmark Channel movies. With that said, let's get into it. We have four Hallmark movies kicking it off. It's not even Halloween yet, and we are already there. I'm so excited. Let's go. Kicking everything off for Countdown to Christmas this year was You, Me, and the Christmas Trees, starring Danica McKellar and Benjamin Ayers, also Jason Hervey as the protagonist. And he looks very familiar to me. And, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think, I think like 3% of my listenership are men. So sorry to the 3% here. If you are short, I have nothing against short guys. It gets fine. Um, he is short. I was like, of course they would make the jealous man who sabotages the Christmas trees. Like, of course he would be short, <laughs> like short King. Energy. Sorry. It would have been worse if he was bald too. Um, anyway, it reads, Olivia is Connecticut's resident expert on evergreens, who, just days before the holiday, agrees to help Jack, a fourth-generation Christmas tree farmer in Avon. A, mis a mysterious illness has befallen their furs, causing them to die out and threatening his family's 100-year business. As Olivia tries to get to the root of the problem, haha, <laughs> get it, and extend her stay in town, she and Jack spend more time together and feelings begin to develop. So... This is a very solid, sturdy Hallmark Christmas movie. There was nothing super great. There was also nothing super bad about it. It was just a very mid-range, classic Hallmark setup. And there's nothing wrong with that. I want to start this off by saying there's nothing wrong with that. Like, not every Christmas movie is going to be a standout classic, okay? Like, that's just, they have 31 new movies airing on Hallmark Channel this year. Like, they're not all going to be great plot lines. I just want to start this off by saying, because next we're going to talk about one that was absolutely horrendous. Okay. So, very, very sturdy, just run-of-the-mill, good foundations. If the bones are good, the rest don't matter. Uh, Hallmark movie. So, I give it a four out of five, okay? Um, Olivia is, at the start of the movie, she is, so she's an evergreen expert. People like to call her the Christmas tree, uh, what, Christmas tree whisperer, I think. And she's like, oh, actually, the only Christmas tree is for a short amount of time, so don't call her that. Um, and she's trying to put off going home for the holidays. And at first, we're like, oh, you know, why is this? Well, she's called off a wedding, and she also 
isn't really that close to her parents. Her parents are nice people. They just, they have their ways. She has her ways. And um, they're just, you know, just different. They, it just don't mesh. Um, so she gets a call from Jack and he says, hey, I heard your name. Uh, and I heard that you can help with trees. I'm having a problem. I know it's really late and it's almost Christmas, but do you think there's any way you can come help? She's like, of course, of course I have time. Of course I can come look at this. So she hightails it out. Um, they, at first, it, they, there's a crash meeting. Her car gets damaged. So she ends up already immediately needing to stay, which does not bother her because she doesn't want to go home. And then over time, she keeps extending her stay and we find out that she was supposed to be getting married that Christmas. Um, you know, that's not happening. And he, even he called and he's like, are you really here to help the trees now? Or are you just like avoiding your family? And she's like, I'm not avoiding my family. Okay. Maybe a little bit. So a couple of things though, that I really, really loved about this movie. Like, I mean, it's a very sturdy, it's a four out of five for me, but there were a few things where I was like, yes, love this. So at one point while they are sitting waiting to watch the Christmas tree uh, because she thinks she's found a way to save his trees, um, he is showing off ornaments on the family tree because one of them had fallen and he, it, because that tree was also going through the illness and uh, she's like, you know, maybe we should take all of the ornaments off. And he's like, ah, you know, I just hate to do that because this tree is our family tree. And we put up one new ornament every year to represent that year, like a person within the family. And he pulls off like this one and it's a jar and it's got sand in it. He's like, this is for my grandfather. He fought in Normandy, like World War II. And I just love that because every year when I put up our Christmas tree, so we always get a real tree. I think we might have to go fake this year because my town refuses to do tree removals now after Christmas. It's very bizarre. Uh, I'm like, you're literally a trash company. What do you mean you won't pick up a Christmas tree? Um, so I can't, like, I almost can't even fathom not having a real tree. Um, cause there's just, uh, I love going to Christmas tree farms. So I was already very excited for this movie. Um, but every year, put getting the tree up, getting out the ornaments. I have so many fond memories looking at our ornaments. There are ornaments from when I was a child. There were ornaments made in Western Germany that were my great grandparents. Uh, there's ornaments from, uh, I called her Grandma Daisy, but she wasn't my grandma. Uh, and then one of her daughters actually picked up uh, the form of making eggs, like where you put the holes in the egg shells and blow out the yolk and then let them dry out and then decorating the eggs. So I have those and I have my birth year, 1988 ones. And I have a Santa holding a Eiffel Tower in his sack, you know, uh, that I picked up in a little shop in Paris. And there are just so many fond memories in my ornaments. And I love that. But she looks at Jack in that moment and she goes, wow, you know, my family doesn't have this. And he's like, really? You know, what does your family do? And she goes, well, uh, every year my mom picks a theme and then the decorators decorate. And like, and I know people do that. I know that there are households like that. But I just, I had all of the warm fuzzies from that moment because I'm like, oh, that's totally me. Like, I there are just 
ornaments. And when my grandfather passed away, I um, was able to, it, I, it took back a few that I'd given him as a child. So, um, or actually, I just kept them at my grandparents' house. So they still get put up every year. Um, then I remember picking them out for him at the store when I was a kid. And he has like a golfing, it, always something either involving golf or there's a bear uh, doing woodwork at a table saw. <laughs> Or saw horses. I was, um, uh, I, that one might, I might've picked that out for my aunt to give to him. Cause I think it, I think he's got a little shirt on that says like number one dad or something on it. Um, but like those are ornaments that like I will keep. So I just love, like, I love the sentiment, the sentimentality of that moment. The other thing that I love is like as, Danica's character, Olivia, is detailing, you know, like, oh, my family just doesn't do that. You know, my family, we're just not that close and all of this. Jack's mom looks at her at one point and says, does your family know how you feel about Christmas? You know, that you would like to have these kind of traditions and things. And Danica just kind of, well, Olivia, sorry, kind of looks at her and his mom says, well, your parents can't fix a problem that they don't know that they have. And I was like, Whoa, we are getting deep here on Hallmark right here, right now, because that is so true. Sometimes you just want to shout into the abyss of the movie that you're watching or a book that you're reading to the person that, like, just won't tell the other person that they're upset or mad or something's bothering them. And you're like, how are they supposed to fix it if you don't tell them? So anyway, in the end, she reconnects with her parents and she does tell them like, you know, I should have told you this guys a long time ago, but I don't want to do a big fancy party. I don't want the decorators. Like, I just want it to be us. Like, I just want to be together. And like, I'm a tree person. I'm in the trees all the time. That's who I am. I don't want to get, you know, dressed up in these fancy dresses that I would never wear ever. But like for anything else, I don't want to do that anymore. Um, so she reconnects with her parents and she and Jack obviously end up together. And I do also want to say that I did appreciate that while they're talking about the thought of dating, she's like, yeah, how would this even work? Like, you're here. I'm I'm there. You know, how is this going to go? Because, look, Sebastian was right. The real world is a mess. Life is the bubbles under the sea, okay? The real world is a mess. Everything's great in the snow globe of a Hallmark movie. And I love that. But it is nice sometimes to have that recognition moment where you're like, okay, but in the real world, people don't normally just meet someone for a week and then pack up their whole life <laughs> and, you know, move and start over again. Um, like if only that was the way that the world could work, I would be in Scotland right now. That is absolutely 100% total honesty here. So anyway, very sturdy, solid foundation for uh, the kickoff to Hallmark Christmas movies this year, I recommend watching this movie. Next up on Saturday, it was Boyfriends of Christmas Past. And I absolutely hated this movie so much that all I wanted to do was turn it off after it. Like the first 45 minutes felt solidly like two hours. By the time that we still had 30 minutes left to go, I was like, oh my God, we still have 30 minutes. If it weren't for the fact that I just, I enjoy doing these reviews and everything like, and I enjoy being able to check off that I've watched the movies, I wouldn't have finished this movie. And 
what bothers me the most about this whole thing is that it was such a diverse cast and they had the absolute worst plot line, which was partly recycled from other movies, especially Ghost of Girlfriend's Past, which had Matthew McConaughey and Jennifer Garner in it. And it was just a terrible, terrible, terrible plot line. It starred Catherine Haina Kim, Raymond Black, and her father was played by Paul Sun Young Lee. Great movie! Oh, Crystal B. I'm, I hate to disagree with you here. It reads, leading up to Christmas, marketing executive Lauren is visited by the ghost of four ex-boyfriends. She must learn to open her heart or risk losing her best friend, Nate. So, and you, it's, and it's, this is nothing against the actors because technically I think they did their roles very well. Uh, <laughs> Lauren, played by Christina, or Catherine, sorry. Um, is so deliberately obtuse. It annoys me. I, I feel like I could just say this out loud right now because it's not like she listens anyway, but I, I won't, I won't go into specifics here, but I know someone who, who, who did this basically. So, I know someone who had a male friend and he was so clearly in love with her. We all saw it. Everyone saw it. Constantly told her. And she, well, she had made it very clear, like, it was never going to happen. She told us that she told him that it was never going to happen. But, I mean, he was still very clearly pining away. And now he he's off. God knows where, gone, left, left the state. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's just like, honestly, I didn't think that these things happened in real life, but yet here we are. So maybe that's also why this plot line just annoyed me because when it got brought up to her that, like, well, yeah, because she's like, yeah, you know, like, he's been acting really weird ever since I told him I was getting married. And we're like, yeah, because he was in love with you. Like, she's like, yeah, well, he knew I was never marrying him. And we're like, okay, well, but I mean, like, when you were single, he thought he still had hope that it might happen. I don't know. This is just, like, this is real life, right? And then you have the Hallmark version where they end up together because she finally realizes that she does love him. And my point of this is, is you don't owe your love to anyone. So like, I, there's nothing wrong with the fact that she was not in love with this guy that was clearly in love with her. Okay. Like things happen. You do not owe a relationship to someone. But like, you need to, like, if you see that that person is just clearly not moving on, you need to be the person, you don't have to cut ties completely, but you need to be the person that pulls it back and it, like, takes the step back because there is the thought of, oh, okay, well, like, we still talk every day and we still do this, so, like, maybe it might happen. And if you're egging that on, you know, like, you're kind of a bad person for doing that. I will say that. So anyway, in the movie, Lauren, everyone keeps telling her, like, Nate is in love with you. Who And Nate is played by Raymond Black. Everyone's like, Nate is in love with you. Like, can't you see it? Like, you guys get along so well. And 
each of the boyfriends that visit show her how like as soon as they tried to get close as soon as they would say i love you or let's move in together or proposing she pulls herself back and then who does she go to she goes to nate and they're like you know it doesn't shock me that you went to him but like do you get the picture yet and she keeps telling her friends you know i know nate has feelings for me and i know he's trying to tell me that but it can just never happen because i could never hurt him but like you are hurting him you are hurting him by leading him on. So anyway, with 30 minutes left to go, she ends up forgetting to do something for him. And when she goes rushing up to him after she's like, I'm so sorry, I was at work all day doing this. He's like, you know what? I was working all day too. And yet I still find time to do this. Like you couldn't look at your phone. You couldn't call me back or text me back. And she's like, well, I was doing this. And he goes, you know what? It's great. It's great that you did this. Uh, by the way, I can see the walls that you're putting up. I see what's happening. Um, and I'm just gonna tell you, I love you. And it's fine. You don't love me back. I'm okay with that. Which, like, you're not, though. You're not okay with it. Um, he's like, but I just have to say it. So, anyway, it is what it is. I can't forgive you for tonight. And I cannot come to your Christmas party this year, your family Christmas day. And, yeah. Like, that's, that's pretty much it for me right now with you. And he leaves. And she's like, Nate, wait. And, like, in the real world, if I would, I'd be like, good, good, this is what you deserve. Like, honestly, this is what you deserve because you've been leading this poor boy on this whole time. <laughs> like, now you don't just get to decide to turn around and be like, oh, no, wait, I do love you, actually. But that's me. And I, you know, whatever. So, anyway, obviously, they end up together in the end. And then he rolls us a year later. Um... Yeah, I just, I, I hated this movie. The best part was when he told her off. And if I never, ever watch this movie again, I would only be too excited about that. However, I would love to see Paul Sun Young Lee as the father be in more roles. And Raymond Black was adorable. Loved him. And Catherine Hayna Kim, I really liked her too. Like, the casting loved. Plotline hated Hallmark please do better I don't it just irritates me it just it really really irritates me I haven't been this irritated with an actual Hallmark movie plot line since Adventures in Babysitting with some girl from Pretty Little Liars who do they call her blind blind somebody and then Travis um Van Winkle that movie was horrific. She, like, just berates him the whole time, puts him down the whole time, even though he clearly has feelings for her. And then, like, just when she starts to have feelings for him, she sees an ex walking into where he works and she throws a sweatshirt away of his that she was going to return because she had, like, borrowed it one night. She just freaking throws it in the trash, refuses to talk to him. And then at the very end, he's like... I'm sorry. And I'm like, you, you literally have nothing to apologize for. <laughs> like, why are you apologizing? Like, she is god awful. Like, sometimes the women don't deserve to end up with the men. Like, I'm just gonna say right here, right now, sometimes these plot lines, they should not end up with the men and the men are way too forgiving. Um, I mean, like, CC that on most Nikki Deloche movies for me. <laughs> I, just, 
I don't know. Anyway, this this movie was uh, zero out of ten. If I could go negative stars, or I guess a zero out of five. Negative stars, though, I would give it about a negative one thousand out of five if I could, and that's that's almost being generous. Rounding out the Hallmark side of movies, the Santa Stakeout was on Sunday. It won the weekend for me, starring Tamara Mowry Housley and Paul Campbell and Joe Pantoliano. This one was so super cute and funny. And I'm not shocked by that. I figured it was going to be funny because Tamara, like sister, sister, Tia and Tamara, uh, and Paul Campbell, he always does really great comedic movie roles. This reads, Tanya is a police detective who is reluctantly partnered with fellow detective Ryan to solve a recent string of heists taking place during high-profile holiday parties around town. They go undercover as newlyweds Tasha and Rupert, moving into the vacant house next to Mr. Miller, the jovial chair of the community's Christmas committee, and the prime suspect in a case. As Tanya and Ryan partake in the neighborhood's holiday happening to keep up uh, appearances and crack the case... They get swept up in Christmas. Before they know it, their cover story as a couple in love starts to become reality. I could, there's just, there's not enough good things to say about this movie. This, it was such a solid, solid movie. So, to start off, their chemistry, so good. Played off each other so well. Uh, at the beginning, they hate each other. They rib each other back and forth all the time. She has to get in his car for something and she pulls out. She's like, when's the last time you cleaned this thing? And he's like, ah, it's a car. And she's like, is this a McRib? And he goes, well, so what if it is? She's like, they haven't made this since last year. And he's like, well, I'm sentimental about it. Um, so they don't get along, but their boss, the chief, puts them on this case together and they end up having to move into this vacant house next door to Mr. Miller, uh, who is played by Joe Pantoliano. Um, they you know, she's making up the ground rules. Like, I get the master bedroom and I'll watch down here. You watch upstairs, all this. She's trying to put some Christmas stuff out. He hates Christmas. She calls him Scrooge. Um, and as she's doing some surveillance one one day, the next day, whatever, um, he locks the door. So she gets locked out of the house. And so she's banging on the uh, door on the front porch and one of the neighbors is walking by and he's like oh are you locked out like um I'm only a couple houses down she's like no it's okay and she's like where are you <laughs> he won't let her in and uh or he doesn't quote unquote hear her at the time and so the neighbor's like oh you must be the newlyweds that just moved in and I don't know what just happened outside I don't know if you're gonna hear that or not but there was just um it's raining and there was a very big gust of wind uh and it I, I hope we have wind chimes in the morning. Uh, anyway, um, so she's like, newlyweds, because Brian, Ryan's opened up the door. And he's like, yeah, you know, we heard that there were some newlyweds that were considering it, but they hadn't decided yet. Like, that must be you. And she's like, yeah, it's us. And then Ryan's like, oh, yeah. So she introduces them as Tasha and Rupert. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, well, like, you, you got the best next-door neighbor. He's the head of the Christmas committee. You know, has all of these things going on. Like, I'm going to let the neighbors know. Like, you should be part of the Christmas committee. I'm like, what? Ryan freaks out about it. And she's like, no, this is fine. Like, maybe we'll be able to 
become friends with them and then we'll get close to them and then we can figure this out. So she comes up with backstories for them, everything. He's so like, she literally has like paragraphs. And he's like, what did you do? She's like, well, I came up with backstories for us last night. <laughs> so they end up at the Christmas committee stuff. Uh, Joe's character, Mr. Miller, is just, yeah, just everything. Charades, karaoke, um, cookie decorating. It's everything. Just everything goes on here. Um, but, and, like, throughout the stuff, like, he gets these weird deliveries and, like, gets them at night and gets them, it's like a key cutting machine and there are blueprints up on the wall and all of this. So they're like, oh, it's got to be him because he is a prior convict of a heist, so of, or a thief. So they, they're like, yeah, you know, probably is him, but they come to really like him and the neighbors. And so then they're like, well, maybe it's not him like Ryan is the one who's like well, maybe not he dives into his past and like why he wasn't a big fan of Christmas his wife had divorced him one Christmas and Tanya is like oh okay well you know I guess that makes sense and they, they end up bonding and everything anyway I could not figure out who was behind the eyes so things kept getting stolen and they were like Okay, but we only took our eyes off of him for like a minute. There's no way. There's no way it could be him. But they end up finding this painting in his car and they're like, I don't know. He in the police station is like, I did not do this. Like, he goes into how they're redoing this house. So, and everything, everything starts falling into place because he's been working on remodeling this house for a family that couldn't afford it. I mean, because he was saying things that they heard like, well, Christmas is coming early this year. So they're like, Christmas is coming early this year. Anyway, for me, I was like, who is behind the house? Because like, you just knew that it wasn't going to be him. Could not figure out, like, I had my suspicions, but I loved it because I just, I could not pinpoint who it was going to be. I'm like, well, maybe it's this person. At one point I was like, is it the chief of police? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Who is it? Um, they solve it in the end. They clear his name, all of this. The very ending of it was so, so, like, because the house had, you know, been uh, for sale or for rent or whatever. And so... They had been at Mr. Miller's house, and then Tanya realizes, she's like, oh, man, you know, someone moved into our place. Uh, so, like, you know, that means this is really over now. He's like, oh, uh, yeah. And he says something, and she's like, wait, did you rent this place? And he's like, I don't know, detective. You're a detective. You figure it out. He rented the place. He's like, I really like the neighbors. Oh, my God. It was, it was just, it was really good. Their chemistry worked really well together, and I just, yeah, this like, I figured it would be good, but I didn't know that this one was going to be the one that won the weekend for me. It gets the gold star. It gets the absolute must watch. You must watch this one. This is a five out of five. It's more than five out of five for me. Really super cute. Yeah, this this one this one was good. Paul Campbell just gets really good roles. I, I love his roles. Switching over now to the... Saturday movie over on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, The Miracles of Christmas. Christmas in My Heart, starring Heather Hemmons, Luke McFarlane, and Shirley Ralph. Hallmark Movies and Mysteries only gets new movies every Saturday this year. Hallmark decided, or overall, the Crown Media Network decided to beef up regular Hallmark Channel and put the back burner on the HMM ones. And you know what? Having only been able to watch HMN 
last year for the first time. I don't necessarily hate that decision, but the movies are always about so much more than just a relationship over on HMM. So it's a little disappointing and also like they have to hit. Like if we're going to be good, they have to hit it because it comes on at 10 p.m. directly off of Hallmark Channel's movie. Um, it's going to go up against the Lifetime movie, which is also on at 8 p.m. once Lifetime starts up. So Hallmark Movies and Mysteries is going to have to deliver. And also on that note, a lot of people don't get Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. And one, I find that very frustrating because, my, like, we have DirecTV and to get a, a bigger package to get certain channels, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries is not on it, but HMM is actually on the lower tier channel set list. So it makes no sense to me. So I actually pay for the Friendly TV app so that I can watch the HMM once. So I'm like, maybe you would have more people watching the Movies and Mysteries movies if you were offering it for more people to be able to watch it. But that's just me. Uh, and then... I don't know if, I don't even know if Crown Media has any part of the Friendly TV app or not, but I'm like, you're not even getting the money if you don't. You're, well, they have to be. I don't know. But I'm like, you're not even getting the money from the app sales for people to pay monthly subscriptions to get these TV channels. I don't know. I don't know how much they're getting. Because the Hallmark app never even had movies and mysteries on it. And I think that's like, I think the Hallmark app is like the worst app ever made ever. Anyway. <clears throat> That is my spiel. That is my me on my high horse here for that. Um, anyway, back to Christmas in my heart. I already said who it starred. It reads, Concert violinist Beth tutors the daughter of a reclusive country music star, Sean, to prep her for the holiday concert. They are joined through the connective power of music. So I, I was like, oh, another music. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I loved it. I loved it. The representation in this movie, so good. Like, gave me chills. Um, I, it brought tears to my eyes a couple of times. Heather Hemmings playing the violin, obsessed. So good. Uh, Luke McFarlane, I'm sorry, sweetheart, you, you cannot sing. Or if you can sing, you cannot sing, um, reclusive widow or country music. Um... And Cheryl Lee Ralph, I just love her. At one part, uh, she tells, um, who, who does she say to? Um, she says to one of them, love may be blind, but I am not. <laughs> and I'm like, that's such a Cheryl Lee Ralph thing to say. Like, it's just, I just love her. I just love her in real life. So anyway, I have, have lots of notes about this one. Beth is a concert violinist in... In New York City. She has moved back to Charleston, West Virginia for a while because her mother had been sick. Her mother passes away at the start of the movie. And so she's really only staying in Charleston for a couple of weeks through the Christmas season at this point. She runs into Sean, uh, which is Luke's character, because Sean has, so he's a widower uh, for three years, and he has a daughter, Katie, and his wife, um, had been African-American. So their daughter is biracial. And, and this, it's going to become important in a minute. So her, his, their daughter, Katie, 
uh, plays violin and she's feeling a little apprehensive about stuff. So he decides, he goes into town to get some music for her. He and Beth meet. He thinks Beth is someone else. They do not hit it off right away because he's like, oh yeah, like you're one of those um, violinist people or like you're a classical music person. And and she's like, oh, let me guess, like your country music. And they, they kind of rib each other about that. And then Beth friend Sheila who runs the music store comes out and you know kind of like sideline tells her who he is and Beth's like I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> like I have no idea any of this going on her father tells her that night like oh your mother really liked him had very nice things to say about him and uh was helping his daughter Katie a lot uh because Katie was in her music class and uh like that's really odd that you would see him because he kind of just sticks to his ranch property so, uh, meanwhile, Beth has sent a text to Sean's phone saying, like, you know, I'm not accepting new students. Katie's the one that sees it. And so Katie's like, look, it's only for a couple of weeks. We'll pay double your rate. Just come beat my daughter tomorrow. And then you can decide. <laughs> so next day, Beth shows up. She and Sean, like, Beth didn't realize it was Sean. Sean didn't realize it was Beth, like through any of this and then he's also very confused about why she's even there and something that comes out that Katie had been the one with the phone <laughs> so anyway Sean walks away for a couple of minutes and Beth and Katie are talking and Katie says you know um like well and no I'm, I'm mixing this up a little bit because Katie had already told her grandmother which is Shirley Ralph's character like um you know I think I want my hair smoothed back because I just think that looks more professional and because she at the current time has a very beautiful curly afro and um or it wasn't even an afro it was just it was her natural curls and cheryl's like well um well cheryl's character ruthie is like well anything you have is going to be beautiful like was someone telling you that your natural hair is not beautiful um uh, and katie's like well you know i just um you know see other people uh you know playing violin and stuff and there aren't very many black girls and so you know I think it should be this so anyway she ends up with her hair braided but um she's like oh Beth like Beth you play violin like you know there's not very many black girls like uh, that, that play and so I you know wasn't sure that I wanted to play the violin and Beth says you know don't ever let that stop you from doing anything like if you get called to another musical instrument like I want you to pick it up and promise me that you'll pick it up no matter what and I'm like man the representation of this is so important for girls to see girls and girls of color like it's so important for them to see and to hear people saying like your natural hair is beautiful your natural hair you don't need your hair slicked back to look professional. Uh, and Like, you don't have to have your natural hair to be a Hallmark movie person. Um, you, like, and you can play any instrument you want. Like, and, you, you know, don't, don't let that stop you from pursuing what you love. So anyway, she ends up, Beth gets hired, you know, they, they do this. And Sean's like, you know, no pictures, don't tell anyone what you talk about. And like, don't get into our personal life, all this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and Beth's like, I, I would never do that. Like, that's, I would never do that. Um, so anyway, she and Katie really connect. They hit it off. 
And Katie's just able to talk to her about lots of music things and mom things. And it's just all these things. That's really cute. Beth, meanwhile, ends up getting an interview for a chamber position there in Charleston. So she ends up going to it. But she and Sean had kind of gotten into a fight beforehand. So it wasn't a great audition. So they asked her to come back for a second one. Sean finally makes it through his writing block. Like he wasn't able to write any songs. So he writes this one. He shows up at Beth's house, well, which is her father's house, and he says, uh, you know, this is, I've been working on this song. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm getting choked up. He said, I've been working on this song, and the first person I wanted to show was you. Let me in. So anyway, he apologizes. He asks her to come back. Um, and... And at the same time, he plays the song, and it was, it was not good. Uh, and so when he finishes, <laughs> Beth tells him, like, well, that's really good, but, you know, I think the chorus could be a little stronger. And he's like, are you giving me a critique? <laughs> She's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, I loved it. I'm just saying, you know, it's your first song in a couple of years. I think that you want this to do a little bit more. I just thought that was cute, because, like, that would be something that I would do. Anyway, so... Beth ends up getting the position at a second, at the second play, which just brought oh, chills, tears in my eyes, loved it. And she finds out that she has to play at this big concert on the night of this, um, the school performance, which Katie is going last in. So she tells Katie, you like, I'm, I, you know, have to do this. And Katie's like, no, that's okay. Like, I'm, I'm really happy for you and all of this. Um, Katie lets it slip that they're moving to Nashville because he has to record. Because I'm like, well, you only have 129 acres, 120, 129.5 acres. God forbid you put a studio anywhere in there. Uh, like, of course, obviously got to go to Nashville for that. Mm. So anyway, night of the performance, Katie gets called up and she is nervous. She's got stage fright. So she tries to start her song with playing the violin a couple of times. <sighs> It's going to bring tears to my eyes thinking about it. Sean stands up, like, walks over, picks up a guitar. At the same time, Beth had come in. She's standing in the back. She gets her violin out. They're on opposite sides of the room. Katie is at the front at the stand. Like, she's got her eyes closed trying to concentrate, trying to play. And then at the same time, all three of them start at the same moment. And then they all stop and, like, look and see each other. So... Beth and Sean end up on stage with Katie and they they all play and then Cheryl's character Ruthie comes out and she sings and it was <laughs> it was really cute it was really cute um and so yeah then he invites Beth and her father over for Christmas and then he tells her they're not going to Nashville and he's gonna put a recording studio in the garage and I'm like you think you, you think? Anyway, it was, all I'm saying is it, it needed to hit and it delivered. It took like four or five-ish Hallmark movies and mysteries movies last year for me to finally cry. And I expected to cry basically every week. And I did not. And I was very confused at first. But this one, right out the gates, I had tears in my eyes at the end. But yeah, Heather Hemmings, beautiful violin work, the representation, the um, biracial parent aspect of just like, one, he's he's a girl dad, and now it, a widowed girl dad. And so, you know, there are just things that men 
it's just harder for them to try and comprehend trying to raise girls alone, you know? And then it's, she is, uh, she's a black daughter. And so she doesn't have just regular hair. Like, she's got this natural, wavy, beautiful hair, curly hair. And, like, she just sees things from a different point of view than, than he does. And so I just thought the representation was great and the casting was great and just... Everything was great. Everything was great about this movie. A plus 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 plus. On that note, I am heading out of here on this week's mini wrap up podcast. Next week's mini wrap up podcast, again, will only be for Hallmark movies. Hallmark is starting it off early. It will feature Christmas in Harmony, which has Loretta Devine and Michelle Williams. Coyote Creek Christmas, which has Janelle Parrish and Ryan Pavey. I cannot wait for this one. He gets to play a dad, and I'm just telling you, you put Ryan Pavey with a child, count me in. And Christmas Sale, over which will have Terry O'Quinn in it, over on Hallmark Channel and on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, it will be... The Christmas Promise, starring Tori DeVito, which... It, to me, she's Crazy Nanny Carrie from One Tree Hill and Patrick Duffy. And I think that one's going to make me cry. I really do. And, you know, like I said, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, they got a hit every week because they only get one chance. They get nine tries this Christmas. And I am very excited about that one, too. So until then, remember, anything can happen at Christmas time. Magic is everywhere. And I know it's not even Halloween yet, but in our hearts and on TV, it's Christmas. I will see you guys next time.